Episode 64 with Jabari Smith on the Nine Point Start the Dream Podcast. Welcome to Nine Point Started with a Dream Podcast. Our goal is to showcase the stories of athletes and the community that supports them by being authentic about their journey. Here's your host, Jacoby Gillum. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host as always, Jacoby Gillum. This episode we have Jabari Smith and this episode for me was just felt comfortable. You know, and like, and just like, and just like Jabari said in the interview, that athletes kind of have this code and this language that we can all kind of relate to and connect with, like just through, just through the mindset that we all have. And we kind of did, did, did that in an interview, and his journey is one that's going to help the next athlete for that next chapter because he kept it so real about how he figured out his purpose and how he figured out how to take those next steps to figure out who he was once. The playing days were over, and and he kept it so real and honest about and authentic about his journey. So hope you enjoy. He has some great things coming out, and hope you enjoy. Let's get to it. So so Jabari, the question I ask everyone that comes on is: When you were younger as an athlete, what was one of your bigger dream to goals you wanted to achieve? Uh plan on Sundays, man. I I, uh, I grew up with two idols. Um, it was Deion Sanders and Michael Jordan. I thought that they were the greatest athletes to ever face this planet. And um, my first love actually was basketball, but the people in my community uh, would always tell me that I would probably have a future in football just based off of my size and my explosiveness and, you know, my, my genetic makeup. So at around age 14, I still continued to play basketball for the fun, but my eyes was on uh, making it to the NFL. Oh, I love that. And because I think a lot of us start that NFL dream. So you're, are you a Cowboy fan or, or what? I am. I am actually. My I man. Am. My <laughs> man. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what really made me be like, hey, because at the time, when Dion went over to Dallas and they had Emmitt Smith, I was like, yeah, this is, I can doing this. Yep. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So, so when you have a dream, you know, I want to play on Sundays. How did you think I'm going to make this dream reality? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm 14. So at, at those naive stages, you don't understand all the outside things that can go against you achieving that, that dream. Like, you know, at 14, you don't understand the statistics that there's literally a 1.8% chance of me making it. That really doesn't have anything to do with me, if you get where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I can perform very well, but what if I'm not in the right uh, organization structure? You know, I don't get a chance to shine. What if, you know, something that happened, like what happened to you, I get injured or, or anything. I didn't realize that. All I thought back then was, you know, stay out of trouble, keep my grades up and continue to perform. And, you know, the, the, it'll be easy for me to make it at, at those stages. So at what point did it, did it hit you that it, it, it would be more work than you thought was possible or more, more, or just more, more, more work to it? You know what? It, it, it never hit me that it was going to be more work to it. Actually, the experience that I had, um, and it was my junior going into my senior year at Texas Tech was when I was like, yo, I don't, I might be a chance that I'm not going to play on Sundays. And what happened was I was a junior college transfer out of Arizona Western. I ended up going to Texas Tech. Um, my junior year, I started, but I struggled just, you know, doing that JUCO transfer, not to mention the, um, the uh, defensive coordinator who recruited me actually left 
literally two days after I signed my uh, my letter of intent, and he ended up going to the 49ers. And so now it's a new system that I typically wouldn't fit in because I wasn't even recruited for that system, if you understand, mm-hmm. with the new system that's implemented. So just to make a long story short, I, I, I struggled my junior year, even though I started. And then so I found out going into my senior year that I was going to get replaced by a red shirt freshman who happened to be a very close friend of mine. And so I understood if you're splitting time your senior year, man, that's not a good campaign for, you know, for the NFL. So it wasn't the work harder thing. It was just like, oh, shit, there are elements that can happen that is out of my control that can prohibit me from uh, achieving my ultimate goal. So for me, like when I was in college, you know, I I came in that that I was going to, you know, at least make it to big big 12 you know maybe you know when 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 a medal some type of race something like that but mm-hmm. the reality is similar to you that that wouldn't be possible so mm-hmm. when the reality hit you that the dream you had thought of for so long wasn't going to be achievable to the sense that you wanted how did you feel or how did you react to that Man, I'm glad you asked that question. I actually uh, wrote something small about that. I actually had to go through my five stages of grief. So when it first, when the reality first hit me, like as in that time when I found out that I was getting replaced, I was in denial, actually. I was like, well, you know what? Just the same way that he beat me out my spot, I'll beat him out of his spot. Mm-hmm. And when I do get an opportunity to get in the game, I'll just make some plays. And I'll also still get an opportunity to have a pro day. Just, you know, not seeing that, you know, this is the, the start of the end. I was just like, no, there's way more opportunities. And so uh, what happened was, like I said, that senior year, I split time. I did very well when I was in, but not enough films. So, of course, I didn't get drafted. <laughs> but I've heard stories of people, you know, getting invites to camps and things like that that didn't have a lot of film. So, once again, having a delusional uh, concept of reality, I thought that I can fall into that category. And so once the draft was over and I didn't get any invites, um, I was like, well, you know, there's other options. I can play in Canada. I can play back then. They had the NFL Europe. And I was like, I can play uh, in arena. So I made the decision to play in arena. And I was like, well, there's been stories of individuals playing there for a few seasons and getting the opportunity to play uh, in the NFL. I mean, Court Warner being an example. So I thought once again, I fall in that category. So that the reality, I did not allow the reality to set in. I kept going through these stages of, of, of grief and trying to accept the reality. So it really honestly didn't hit me until I was driving home after playing four seasons in the arena league. And I drove from St. Louis all the way to Los Angeles in my car by myself without the radio on. It was just me and my thoughts. And that's when it was like, wow, this is really over. But it was over four years prior to that mm-hmm. in reality, you know? So you you were almost kind of holding on for a thread, just just fighting to make something. You, you're, you're almost forcing it. Yes, that's exactly what it was. And then before I really understood what was going on, my excuse was, oh, I just need to get it out of my system before I, you know, uh, transition into man. what's next but that I wasn't said, the case <laughs> I, I, i've said those words oh man yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i think a lot of us go through that because for so long that that identity of being an athlete has carried us for so much of our lives so when you're so when we go you know from what playing like little league to age seven to being 
24, you know, when college is over or something like that. And now it's mm-hmm. like, who, who am I? Yeah. Oh man, I, um, I, I struggle from athletic identity, man. Like, like no, not, none other. I like, I can recall myself, you know, walking around campus and I would always address myself as Jabari Smith, the football player. Like it literally came simultaneously just like that. Like I, I carried myself as a title. And I didn't realize how much athletic identity I had accepted about myself because, you know, during that time, you know, dealing with school, I would struggle. So academics was never my strength. And coming to find out, I was a very bright student. I'm, I'm pretty smart, but it just, I had difficulties in, in the way I learned. I um, was diagnosed in the eighth or ninth grade, um, didactic dyslexia. So. I, I take in information, but I process it differently. And it took a while for the teacher to understand that. So I use sports as a shield to cover up um, the things that I struck. Exactly. And so because of that, I really wrapped myself into the sport. And I was like, well, I don't have to be smart because football is going to take me where I need to go anyway. And that's, and I kind of carried that almost like a badge of honor. Like, like if it was my shield, I'm the football player and I'm invincible. Oh, man, dude, I can make your story so much because for me, I was similar in the sense of, for me, I had a stutter, you know, I had a lisp, you know, I had huge lips that, that didn't fit my body. So for me, sports was like my, was like my, my shield, just like you said, like, that, 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 that if anyone saw me, that it came, it came to sports, I was invincible. You couldn't touch me there. I was going right. to you, I was going to be stronger than you, I was going to be better than you in some way in sports that you can, you can say a word to me. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yep. So, so when you kind of had that moment in your car, saying like, "Yo, this is really," the, I need to start a new chapter. How did you start piecing out that story, that 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 outline? <laughs> Ten years later, like I'm, a, I'm gonna tell you now, and it's gonna sound so fo- polished and, re- and refined, but literally, it was a ten year journey. So. I'm on my way, so I'm, I'm headed to California, and I bet you could take a wild guess of what opportunity, as far as a career, I try to take advantage of. Just like most athletes, they try to get into something. If it's not coaching, they try to get into something that's just as exciting. So I decided that I wanted to become a firefighter. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I go to California. Here I am in tip-top shape. I take the, uh, the California uh, firefighter physical exam. I mean, I finished that in flying colors, but well, here comes the number one hurdle again, the, um, the, the studious part of it. So I had to take a written test and uh, I failed on the first attempt, but because it was 2008 and what was going on in 2008, if you can recall, was our uh, economy was pretty much uh, shutting down or going through turmoil. So the, the fire department actually put everybody on hold it was like if you didn't pass this test this time you're going to have to wait anywhere from three to four years before we reopen it back up and so i was like well there goes my dream well not even my dream i was like there goes my opportunity because i wasn't about to just go move to a different city just to become a firefighter because that wasn't my 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 dream it was like okay well i can go do this so then that's when um i can actually say shit got real because now i didn't i realized that i didn't plan accordingly like I just thought that I can just go off of it off the fly and just use my my natural talent and wit to go do something it's like no you got to really figure out what it is that you're supposed to do <laughs> on this planet and that and, and not only that 
what is going to fulfill you the same way that the sport that you just played your entire life did. So that's when it really hit me like a ton of bricks. And then that's when like the depression started setting in. And now I didn't feel invincible anymore. Like I once did. I, I, I was used to be the most confident guy before that point. And now I'm looking at myself, honestly, I, I, I thought I was a failure for a very long time. Now, here it is. I made it out of my, my community in the inner city. I graduated on time, clean record, none of the statistics that comes with, you know, the typical African-American male. I surpassed all of that, but I'm still looking at myself as a failure because I didn't make it to the NFL. And not only that, I don't have a backup plan. And I'm back in the environment that I finally escaped but now I'm back there sleeping on my auntie's couch with no money. That's when it, it, it got rough for me, man. For you up to that point, would you say that you were always just chasing achievements and it wasn't stealing you at all because it always was another one, another one, another one right behind it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're right. But I was chasing achievements that at the time I knew that I can obtain. Mm -hmm. Not saying that I can't attain these achievements now, but back then I didn't know that. I thought that I only can, you know, master one craft and that everything else, all the other opportunities was going to come to me because of me being successful in that one thing that I spent my time and attention to. Man, I think a lot of people want to relate to this so much because we, especially when we hit that apex of, of what's the next chapter is a lot of it ends up in you along with your own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you're alone with your own thoughts and, and you started your 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 you're on your you're on your aunt's couch mm -hmm. and you're feeling like a failure, you're going through the depression and anxiety, you're really just at rock bottom. Mm -hmm. How did how did you start climbing back up? Yeah, yeah. So I I eventually found a job, of course, um, but it wasn't a career. It was something to, you know Pay the bills. Exactly, exactly. And so I did what a lot of people do when they're trying to figure themselves out. Um, they, they go back to school. And that's what I did. I went back to school to get my master's degree. But this was a very, very critical moment. And actually, it was a magical moment. Because not only did I go back to get uh, to further my education, I didn't go alone this time. So during this exact same time, I had a cousin who was literally my best friend. We grew up together. His sport was basketball. So he has, he, I was a few years older than him. So even though I just finished playing arena, he had just graduated from college and he knew that he wasn't going to play basketball anymore. And we both made a conscious decision to go to school together. And when, while we were at school, uh, never forget, we were all sitting in like the computer room and we were just frustrated. We were complaining. Like we felt that, you know, life cheated us. Like we felt that we followed the, the the American blue blueprint, but we got the short end of the stick. And the idea actually came from my cousin. My my cousin literally kind of paused and was like, you know what? Instead of complaining about what happened to us, let's be the solution uh, for this problem. Let's make sure that no other, you know, athlete coming after us have to go through what we were going through because we were depressed, frustrated, and all of the above. And from there birthed um my purpose, to be honest with you, um, that's when I, when he spit that out, the whole concept came up on how we was going to do it and the impact that we was going to make. And I've been, I've been 
running ever since, man. So that was a magical moment out of frustration and, des- and desperation. So when you say you found your purpose, so mm-hmm. all people say that, you know, they found their purpose. So, mm-hmm. so, for, so for you, what does that mean when you say you found your purpose? Yeah, I, I'm glad you asked that because um, I, I contemplate that, 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 that statement a lot because I, I hear even now, especially in this era of, of life, people saying, you know, find your purpose with your purpose, almost as if it's like magical as if, you know, your purpose chose you. And I disagree with that because I give you a perfect example. I, w- I would wonder what would LeBron be in uh, 1442 <laughs> when there was no such thing of basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So it's easy for him to say basketball is his purpose, right? So I redefined what purpose was. Your purpose is something that you naturally incline to, that naturally brings fulfillment to you, and that you can naturally be of service to others. That's what purpose is to me. I love that. Yes. So once I figured out that's what I wanted to do, then I paid attention to the results that it gave me. And which was, yes, it gave me ultimate fulfillment. I was in a position to service others. And I was in a position for others to benefit off of me. And that's when I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. Now, just to go even further, right now is specifically with athletes, but this is what I'm starting to get athletes to understand. Sometimes your, 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 your purpose is even more broader than that, but it may start with one small thing and then expand from there. I think when it's all said and done, if you were to have this conversation with me 20, 30 years from now, I'll still be doing the same thing or delivering the same type of uh, response or service to people, but instead of it being athletes, it'll probably be more broader than so I'm literally doing the same thing, but now at this per- point in time in my life, it's specifically for athletes. When I know for me, like I kind of found a sense of peace. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of found like that that aha moment for you. Did it, it kind of have that feel like feel like every like like all the weight was kind of off your shoulder a little bit? Wow. Uh, no, I, I would love for that <laughs> to happen. <laughs> no, what, what what it did with me was. Um, it restored that that energy. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, not to d- downgrade any of the previous jobs I had, but there's an energy that you have when you go show up to work on Monday or the job that you may be grateful for, may pay good or whatever case may be, but you just know like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Now with this, I spent, this is all I do, this is all I think about, you know, and I'm here on a Sunday you know, this is part of my brand and my business and I love every minute of it. So I was looking for that fulfillment. Like it sparks an energy in me, a motor in me that is so similar to the motor and the feeling that I had when I was pursuing my sport. That's what made me know. But I can't wait for that 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 feeling that you had, which you said that piece of wholeness. And maybe I did have it. I haven't identified that or tapped into that. So maybe thank you because now that's something I can be aware of. Yeah, because I, cause I know for me, it's like I was in a similar sense where I was just running. Mm. I was just looking for everything to kind of give me that same, like, like like I've done, like I'm only like, I'm only 25, but I've done like seven different jobs from from mm-hmm. sales to, to marketing to, you know, owning company. And I, and I, and I kept racing for yeah. that that piece. And then recently I kind of had it while I realized, you know, why I started at nine point. 
and it's because mm-hmm. I, and it's because I want no I, I want no athlete to kind of end up like me right now. Yeah, yeah. And, and it kind of it kind of gave me that peace, like, yo, this is why you're doing this because mm-hmm. it you don't want people to be like, to be like you in a sense. And and so for for you when you when you when, when you and your cousin were together, and you said this is what we're gonna do. What what was your first step? Yeah, glad you glad you asked. So luckily we were we were in college um, uh, pursuing our master's degree, and I don't know if you're f- familiar with, with how it works, but usually you have a, a thesis project that that lasts the whole duration of your program, so that whole two years. And I'll never forget our professor was like, "Hey, you're going to be working on this project for the whole generation of your time." through this program, so it better be something that you're passionate about. So it was a no-brainer. So what we did was study our situation, and we just started digging. We started learning about sports, the nature of sports, um, how it works, the, the, the mentality of an athlete, and then we took it a step further into, to gauge a better understanding of us being two black men pursuing sports and how it has an impact on us uh, socially uh, and, and emotionally. And then that's when I was like, Oh, we got something. So our first uh, venture was a, uh, a nonprofit, actually, um, that we launched in 2012. And it was actually called More Than an Athlete. It's funny that LeBron has that name now. But when we uh, started our nonprofit, that was the name of it. It was an after-school program uh, for student athletes age ranging from uh, 12 to 18. And what we did was uh, mentor them. So we taught them life skills. Um, we prepped them for every stage that they were going to face uh, in, in the sport that they played. So like I said, from middle school, preparing them for high school and high school for college, as well as providing tutors. Um, we uh, focused on things that were important, and you can attest to this, like time management, because you know that's the, the number one killer for collegiate athletes is their time management. Another thing, um, we understood where social media was going at that time, so just preparing them like, having them understand that your social media is now going to be your living, breathing resume of who you are as a person, your brand. And that's where the coaches is going to look. That's where the community. So polishing that up. Um, Other things that they needed to look out for um, because we're dealing with kids from the inner city. So we're like, Hey, a lot of you guys are going to be going to schools outside of your community. That's going to be predominantly um, mixed culture or predominantly white. So being able to adjust in those things, we're just, just preparing them. For, for, for every stage that they was going to have. Um, we ran that for two and a half years, um, had a tough time getting funding, of course. And so we shut that down, but we kept the vision alive. And so after that, I realized, I was like, well, I need to keep this message going for these athletes. And then uh, what I did next was I, I wrote a book called Life's Playbook, 11 Plays to Success. And what that book was about was I had learned so many principles playing you know, sports through coaches, uh, teammates, just just being part of the culture that I use today that helps me, you know, achieve and sustain success right now. And I was like, well, I need to share these with these athletes because they can attest to it. And it's just simple principles that even you share, like overcoming adversity. Sorry for that horn in the background. Welcome to Los Angeles. LA. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like um, overcoming adversity, um, stepping outside your comfort zone, uh, being confident, all of those things that we learn playing the sport that we love that we still need in order to be successful in everyday life. 
So that was the next venture after, well, not next venture, but the next project out after the uh, nonprofit. Man, that's awesome they did it on because there's there's so many athletes, right, in around the world that 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 need the guidance because all we sometimes we all we just see is our narrow focus of the NFL or the NBA, and we don't think about the other pieces of it. Correct. Correct. Absolutely right. Let me ask you something. Why is that? Why do you think that? Honestly, I know from from my from my perspective, from my life, I just I just I wanted the status, you know. I wanted I wanted to to know that I wanted to feel that respect and that just that to know that everybody knows my name type stuff. For me, it, 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 it was a little a little narcissistic. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I wanted that power because because as a black male, you just wanna. You want to feel that no matter your situation that you can control your storyline. Yes. And that's yes. what my, that's what was for me. Yes. You know, it's funny, but everybody's uh, narcissistic to some way. Anyone that's striving for success, even if their, their means to success is serving others, they want to be known for that person that can change and affect other people's lives. And I had to sit with that because when I first discovered that about myself as well, I kind of felt bad about myself. It's like, no, it's okay. As long as you control it and don't, you know, let it get get uh, over you. And that was the reason why we play sports. You want it to be the best. Like, that's the mm-hmm. thing that, that drives us. So it's interesting that you felt that way. When that was stripped from you, did you feel that same power being stripped from you as well? In, in a way, yeah. And in, in I, I, I article about this the other, the other day, and I, I published, and that's because, like, in sports, like, just like you're saying, it's, it's, it's encouraged, you know? Because because yeah. you're you you, you looked at ambitious you're looking at you know determination because you don't give up but but once once that jersey hangs up you try to use that in the reality where other people lived in it, it, it's not always accepted correct because because like I'll, I'll think about it the other day I was like 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 imagine how many CEOs and managers are former athletes and have the same mentality that's, mm-hmm. that that made me that made me a little narcissistic but it but it drives results it drives results. It, you're absolutely right. You know what I learned about sports and in the, in the real world as well? So I think sports, even though we learned all these values from there, it kind of did us a small disservice. Let me explain why. Sports is the only thing where you can see immediate results. Not mm-hmm. the main goal, immediate results, but some form of results. i give you an example. Would you a receiver or a DB? Oh, the DB. Use a DB, okay. All right, we're gonna talk our language. I play DB as well. So let's say, as a DB, we're having an issue coming out of our transition, right? We we can work with a coach, and he'll tell us how to, you know, tee plant that foot a little bit better to to have better drive through our core, so that we can get to the ball at the perfect angle, right? So let's say we didn't know how to do that at all. We literally can work on that every day after before practice. Get it your reps in during practice, a little bit after practice. And then within a week, you'll see some difference. You may not master it, but you'll see some difference Mm -hmm. as far as in growth. What I learned and what used to frustrate me in real life is you don't always get those results that fast. So I'll give you a perfect example with real life. So here I am working on this brand. And now I've been working on this brand since 2010, pretty much, or the idea of, of this brand. So I'm like 10 years in. And... It wasn't until my, my business partner had to pull me to side to show me my growth. 
because in this business and working on your brand, you don't see it that quickly. Like if I'm working on a project, you're not going to see the, the, the manifestation of that project right away. Even though, even though it's done and you did everything you needed to do, it may not come to you until a few years from now versus, but when I was working on my backpedal, I got to see some change right away. And, and so it took me some years to understand that the growth in life is different because I mean, life is longer than your life expectancy in the sports you play. So I, I had to mature and understand that concept. And I think that's what put me at ease as an adult with not trying to rush things and accepting failure differently and actually having a, a real sense of, of self when it came to me and pursuing uh, what I'm pursuing uh, currently. To kind of go on that, I basically learned that recently because I started doing CrossFit. Mm. And and it, it, and it was me. It it, it, it kind of gave me like that that the athletic identity again, and mm. I was I was bad at it. And so for me, it was like I can go in there each weekend and practice lifting or practice the jump rope, and I was like, oh, I'm getting better at this. But it was almost kind of hurting me because I was seeing results. Now I was making me feel good, but I was kind of it was almost like I was avoiding my real reality outside the gym. Because Ooh. I was seeing results inside this this box, and I was like, "Yo, you're, I was like, oh man, you're doing it again, man. You're going back to that, holding on to that the athletic lifestyle again because it's giving you the comfort." Yeah, so. I agree. Wow, that's crazy. And it's it's funny you said that because I I had got into um I was doing a little flag football thing at night, and you're right, it comes right away. Like like you never lose that edge, and it's like why is it so hard to translate that exact same, like, like I'm like night and day when I'm playing a sport or when I'm in my everyday life. Like I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it all the way above with you. When I'm in like the regular business world, I'm not going to say I'm passive, but I just kind of let things slide a little bit and observe more versus sports when I'm aggressive. Like I'm about to go get it. Get it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't know why, but I see people in the business world, they're aggressive in it. And it's not like those people intimidate me because it's very rarely people that can, but I just don't understand why I haven't triggered that that switch hasn't turned on and that for me to just be aggressive. Now I'm, in, I'm ambitious in my regular world, but I haven't got that killer instinct just yet like I had in sports, if you understand where I'm coming from. It, for you, is, is, is it almost, I want to say you're, you're scared, but it's just you're you know how how much of, how much of a beast you are but you don't want to like bring it out all the way yet you hit yeah. it on the nail i'm i'm scared of myself and the yep. effect that i'll have on people mm-hmm. when i let it all out yep. yep exactly it i'm i'm with you on that for sure 100% so i was looking at your website man and i got your survey the other day professional athlete so so what is it all about yes so now we're into the current so uh, after the book, and I, I realized the hard way, unfortunately, it's not too many athletes that read. It is what it is. I hope, you know, that, that change, that narrative changes. And I, and I don't mean like they don't read. Of course, they read to stay in school, but they don't read as a hobby. And a lot of these athletes don't read until they're done, which is my book is for the person. That book, when I wrote it, was for the person that was still playing. So I was like, all right, there's other ways to, you know, reach my audience. And that's when I started understanding like, okay, well, you got to talk to these people where they're at, you know what I mean? And they're all on their phone. And now the era we live in, people want to be entertained while they're educated. 
And so I was like, all right, well, thank God technology has speeded up with, with my dream. I was like, well, I'm going to create a platform for athletes to, let's see how I want to put this before I, before I tell you what the business is, because I'm going to give you the why before I tell you what it is. Okay. I realized that athletes are the largest or one of the largest fraternities in the world but we don't realize that we're a fraternity. We speak the exact same language, man. We were literally just talking to athlete code. Like if there was somebody in there that didn't really understand the culture of sports, a few things may go over their head. And I've seen that before. But here we are, we have millions of us, but we don't have a network where we're all leveraging each other's strengths and, and helping each other out. It seems like when we're done playing sports, we go back to our, to our own neutral corners and then we try to blend in with the rest of the world instead of blending together and being one single force and making sure that we all are straight, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I need to create that. So I was like, well, how am I going to be able to create that? Well, that means I need to have a platform that is going to uh, educate, entertain and inspire all at the exact same time and that's how the professional athlete was birthed so what that is is i interview ex-collegiate and professional athletes such as yourself who are now successful in other careers outside of playing sports the whole premise of that is for these ex-athletes to share their story with up-and-coming uh athletes so that we can um shorten the learning curve and so that other athletes like you and I, when we were in college, we didn't know what we wanted to do next. There wasn't too many examples, you know, but now being able to hear these other athletes story and they get to actually show us what they're doing, explain it in detail, that sparks an interest in our, in our mind. We'd be like, well, I relate to this athlete. Maybe I should look into this or I relate to this athlete. Let me uh, listen to these pitfalls or the way that he approaches certain things because I also allow these athletes to also share what what is their main principles that they learn from sports that they take over to their everyday life so that's the reason why that was built i love it and and i I think it takes all of us really to kind of sharing our truth and our story to help the next generation correct 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 and and so the next project that i have right now that i'm in the process um we'll be launching this fall um i also realized you know it's, it's more than just uh, entertaining and educating, but uh, providing these athletes with a tangible. So I actually went back to where I started from and be like, okay, well, I want to give them an actual blueprint, a roadmap that they can follow. And if they execute the things in this roadmap, they will yield their desired results. So now what I'm working on is the online curriculum for those uh, athletes uh, to have. So they'll be able to, be inspired and entertained by watching the videos. But once, you know, they, they go and see those videos, I have something for them to actually go and, um, and, and take action and, uh, and, and actually get these, these uh, athletes uh, where they want to go. And through all this, what, what's your ultimate goal through, through doing all this? Um, the ultimate goal is to have, once again, the, the largest uh, platform or network for all athletes to be able to communicate and leverage each other. That's, that is the ultimate goal. Yeah, I want to start the largest <laughs> known fraternity for athletes, I guess you can say, but digital. I want to be able to provide 
all the necessary tools that they need uh, from education curriculum, whether they want to become an entrepreneur all the way to if they wanted to become a third grade teacher, we should be able, the professional athlete will be able to provide all the, the, the tools that they need in order to go do that. And when I say tools, yes, you need uh, the education for it, but you also need the relationships for it. You also need the mentors for it and the people that's going to make sure that you're good to go. Because us athletes, we're, we're, you know, we're creatures of, of habits in our environment. So we thrive in environments where we had a coach, we had teammates that held us accountable and that drove us. You know, we had a support system. So when a lot of us athletes are done, we lose all of that infrastructure. So what I'm doing is helping them recreate that same infrastructure that allowed them to be successful um, in the past. Dude, prop to you for sure. And because it, it definitely needed, it definitely, we, we, we need, a, we need places where we can just, I don't know, I'll just like, just kumbaya, <laughs> a better sense of the word, you know? No, just, for real, man, for real, you're right. We need our own congregation, like seriously. It can, because a lot of us are still hurt and broken. Mm -hmm. Like I have these side conversations with athletes who actually play professional sports and have a ton of money but still feel empty because they're like, what do I do now? Like, it's a lot of us. And you know how us athletes are. We mask our pain and mm -hmm. we feel that we can outwork our pain and that's not how it goes. And sometimes, man, we just need somebody to talk to to be like, I understand and I'm here for you. But, you know, we don't, we don't do that. And so it's like, okay, well, we need to have an environment where it's okay to be vulnerable again, you know? Mm -hmm. Definitely. I, I can make that all the way. That, that's one of the reasons why I started nine point because I, I, I couldn't find that anywhere. Yeah, bro, your podcast is therapy, dude. Like, this is a therapy session for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, in the, in, the, in the article I wrote, uh, I was like, I was, I was looking at rehab, people that have narcissism, whatever, and it's like, best therapy is talk therapy. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, for me, I kind of found my own rehab by accident because I wanted to hear other people's stories. So, yeah. so, so for me, hearing you was healing me because I'm like, man, he went through that same thing I went through, and he and look what you're already doing now. So, mm -hmm. appreciate you, man. No, I appreciate you, and I was like, you know, having this conversation, I'm able to, once again, reflect. Because, you know, you'd be surprised what you pull from the past that can help you in the present. Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's what you're doing. I feel comfortable having that conversation with you because you're familiar to my experience. It may be hard to have that conversation with even a trained therapist because they may not even understand all the nuances that come with being an athlete. But because you understand, I can feel comfortable to open up, to go backwards and be like, oh, man, I didn't realize that I had this shared experience. And then I can piggyback or pick your brain and be like, oh, how did you deal with this similar situation? Like, this is, this is dope, man. I love and it. There, and, there, and no judgment. There's no, there's no, because like, you, cause I, cause I, I, I think about it, like from a media standpoint, when you have these fan-driven media, media sites, if, if you were to say this, they're, they're, they're already writing like five articles about how, how you're X, Y, Z, everything but an athlete, instead of understanding your story. And what you can you you're totally right dude you know what's crazy what's so frustrating all right so like i'm starting to hear and see a lot of articles where now the person is trying to like tell the athlete to like kind of abandon the athletic identity and i actually used to believe in that narrative like oh we should abandon that athletic identity don't why do don't do it that was what got us here mm -hmm. it's just just shift that mentality into something redirect that into something else Having an athletic identity, an athletic mentality is the, the, the main thing that allowed us to go and achieve greatness. And it literally took me a few years to snap out of that narrative because 
that's what was making me passive in the real world, not taking on that persona of, yes, I'm an athlete. I can do whatever I set my mind to. It don't matter what it is. Long as I learn it and I apply it, you know, then it's going to happen. But because I was reading from sometimes people, not to, you know, knock on people that didn't play the sport, but from outside lenses who were more educated than, than us talk about how we should act and conduct ourselves. And mm -hmm. I was like, no, nah, I can't believe into that narrative. This is the reason why I am who I am. So I, I need to keep that. I did that same thing when I was a junior in college. I quit track because I was like, I got an internship. Mm -hmm. and, and I was like, I'm going to walk away from being the athlete. Mm. And, and and I went straight business mode. Mm. And and I and I and I and I, and I, and I was achieving stuff. I just felt that I didn't have that same fire, just like you talked about earlier, that same fire. Mm -hmm. and, and and it wasn't to like to like like last summer when I when I started doing CrossFit again, I was like, oh the fire's back. Because I, I was back getting after it. It wasn't like I was I was seeing goals and I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go get this. I'm gonna beat whoever's next to me. And yes. and, and we need that. Like, yes. like how do you about the phrase life life after sports um oh, glad you, I, I, I haven't looked into it so when people always say life after sports i don't know man they make it sound like <laughs> and i'm not like i said trying to bash anybody as if we were drug addicts <laughs> you know what yeah. i'm saying coming down to rehab <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, and, and that's that's the thing like 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 me i, I was thinking that a lot i'm like People saying life after sports, like you can just stop being with sports. Like, cause, yeah. because for you, say you stop playing, don't mean you can't be a coach or you can't be a, yeah. a speaker. You can't be a sports dad. I'm like, yo, like, like, <laughs> like, dude, like, 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 life just stopped. Like, they don't say, um, they still consider Obama the president. They still call him the president, but he's not in office anymore. So it's like I'm still an athlete. So what our team uh, discovered that an athlete isn't the physical prowess. It's, it's actually a mentality. It's, so a it's a mindset, man. It's everything that, that, like I said, we just literally connected based off of our mindset. We wanted to be the best. That was the drive. We wanted to set expectations that, that and those expectations were high, that we knew we had obstacles and hurdles, but we were going to go ahead and believe and trust the process and do whatever we uh, can do to go and achieve that. And once we do that, then we'll go look for the next thing to achieve. That's all an athlete is. That's what a CEO is. That's the reason why a lot of athletes are CEOs and vice versa. So it's like, I don't, I'm not going to tell anybody not to use life after sports because I understand probably why they say it, but we do need to figure out a different phrase for, for it because there isn't no life after sports. Because there was, we, we were, when we were in high school and college, we were normal students that played our sport. So just like even now, we're in the working world and we may, you do CrossFit on the weekends, I may still go to the gym. So we're still athletes. You know what I'm saying? And now we're integrating being an athlete into our everyday life. So there's no life after sports. Okay. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm glad someone, someone's agreed with me on this. Cause I'm like, yo, it's, I don't get that phrase. It's like saying cold turkey. You know, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. Don't watch no games. Don't, don't touch no football or basketball. You, you see it, you run. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like I felt like we was leaving, uh, like we was, uh, leaving the mob or something. Like yeah. no longer be a part of sports, man. <laughs> Definitely, man. Well, a few more questions for you. So, so what's next for you? You know, that you got the platform coming out, but like personally, like what's the things you're trying to really achieve for yourself? Now, um, so I, I give you personal and in the business, and it, it both intertwines. So now, with the professional athlete brand, I'm starting to 
kind of find my own way within it because um, I don't know if you're aware of, there's a lot, and this is a good thing, there's a lot of athletes now, our ex-collegiate or professional athletes now with a similar platform. They all want to help to spread this word. I mean, such as yourself. Mm-hmm. So now what I'm focusing on is just finding my voice and my niche within that. Because what I don't want to do is be redundant or give the, the world something that they can already get from someone else that is just as qualified. So I'm like, okay, well, what is going to be my pocket? What's going to be my niche? What do I have to offer for that? So like, that is what I've really been focusing on is, okay, well, what do I want to share from my experience and from my knowledge with the athlete community? And then personally, uh, what I've been working on is, to be honest with you, man, believing in myself. And it actually wasn't me. It was my team pulling that out of me because they saw so much value in me that I wouldn't say I didn't see in myself, but I wasn't really showing it. You know what I mean? Or own, I wasn't owning it. So now I'm owning the, the fact that I, one, I know what I know and what I'm doing is going to add tremendous value to the athlete community. So that's what I've been focusing on on a personal level. And what it's doing is it's pushing me in position to be the leader that I was destined to be. Hey Amen. I, I love it. And I, and I just want to say, don't stop. Because cause, cause I was kind of in that same boat. I was like, man, everyone's starting to sound the same in a sense. But if you think about it, right now, there's the Grant Cardone, there's the Ty Lopez, there's the Gerard Adams. They're all preaching the same message, but just in their own way. Yep. Yep. That's what makes them unique. They have yeah. their own way of spreading that same message. So that's what Jabari's doing. So it took me 10 years to understand everything, how this is going to work, to where, like I said, I can have this conversation with anyone. But now it's like, okay, well, what's going to make you unique? What are you bringing to the, to the table with this? And, um, and like I said, I learned that by just researching myself. Like, man, I study myself just like studying film. And be like, oh, what makes Jabari unique with this message? What makes him unique with this delivery? And so now I'm just going to be focusing on mastering that and delivering that. So when somebody goes and looks up athletes transition and – if they see Jabari, they'll be able to describe exactly what Jabari and his brand does for that athlete so that they can make an uh, uh, educated decision if they choose to, um, you know, take my services or uh, spend their time and energy, you know, listening to me or following my work. Hey, and the times now, too, like, it's coming like my first start two years ago, and there was crickets around this stuff. And now it feels like two years later, it, it, it's going. Yeah, yeah, that's how it goes. So wait, you're you're so you started this uh in two years? Two years ago? I, I started nine point at just like a blog two years like the summer of twenty seventeen. And then it became a podcast, I would say last last Jan- January twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. So so this is kind of like it's still evolving on kind of what I'm trying to do with it. but but yeah. Nice, nice, nice. What do you think makes your your platform unique? Honestly, I I don't know. I mean, like for me, I just I just try to just like I'm realizing that I want to make it less about me. So 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 for me, I want to showcase people like you because mm-hmm. because I know from my standpoint, I didn't achieve my, a lot of success when it comes to certain things because a lot I a lot I didn't know. But for me, I want to showcase people like you, people like like um like bethany people like um like um um playoff app um 
yeah amanda amanda Kyle, yeah yeah because yeah. we can like share their i can if i can share your story i can help another athlete that's trying to figure it out with 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 a knowledgeable resource so i just want me i just want to be almost just the jason kid just giving me a yeah. kind of leading you to who has the knowledge yeah you know what's what's interesting and i don't know if you're aware well just to answer your question from what, what i've seen um dude your your platform is therapy you you have a way to get people to literally dig deep within themselves and share their story like i said i've been on many podcasts and listen to listen to them and a lot of time those podcasts just sounds like a 30 minute or hour long commercial for people's platforms to be honest with you this literally felt like i was sitting on somebody's couch man just unlocking my thoughts and it actually remind and this is how i know that this is your niche because i listened to the interview with todd and it had the same type of energy man so i appreciate it's a nugget for you to hold on to man i think that's that might be your lane brother <laughs> I may call. I may call him. Hill him. Me, me, a perfect athlete. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah, look, man, appreciate it. So, one last question for you. So, yeah. so where are you at? Social media, websites. Where can people find you at? Yeah, man. Uh, I definitely want people to go to the professionalathlete.com, of course. And then on my social media, I would love for them to go to Jabari underscore K underscore Smith, and that's my IG handle. Those are the two places where you can catch me, man. Yo, Jabari, man, appreciate you coming on. Like, for me, like, just like you said, it was, it was, it was healing for you. It's healing for me just to kind of just to like, just just to be at peace, kind of like with, with like my journey, kind of how things end up for me. So, appreciate you. Nice, man. man. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for sharing your time and your energy with me and, and sharing your, your point of view of your story and even my story. Man. I, I love it, man. Hey, everyone, enjoy LA. Stay cool, and we'll be in touch soon, man. All right, man, I appreciate you. Thanks a lot. Yo, thanks for listening to this episode of the Nine Point Started With A Dream podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please comment, share, leave a review. We would love to hear your thoughts. You can find more athlete-driven content at ninepoint.com. Till the next episode, you're only one opportunity away. Peace.